Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 64th episode of the Promenade Merchants Podcast, the independent Star Trek podcast with a DS9 flavor. I'm David Majors, and I'm joined by my fantastic co-host once again, Miss Heather Kirby. What's up, Heather? What is up from the winter wonderland in Ohio? The nightmarish hellscape of snow and cold in Michigan uh, says hello right back at you. Uh, it's... <laughs> It's cold, it's slushy everywhere, and all of us have to drive to work soon, so we've all got that to look forward to. Yeah, we actually, we don't usually get that this much snow. This is like our second major snowfall this year already, so it's kind of cool. I'm all right with it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I'm just used to getting a ton of snow often every year. (laughs) That's what you get for being that stayed up north. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. It's it's part of it's part of its charm, I guess. I guess. But enough about the snow and enough about winter. We've got some Star Trek to talk about, don't we? I think. I mean, right now there isn't a lot of Star Trek right now since Prodigy is on its seasonal break. We don't have a lot of Star Trek to talk about, but we're going to do it anyway, Heather. Isn't that right? We are, you know, I, I, I mean, this is going to be a short little episode, I think, depending on what tangents you and I both get on. Um, but we have a lot to look forward to. So um, I'm really excited to record this episode and talk about the things that are coming up in Star Trek. Amen to that. So let's just jump into the old business of the podcast. So right now, with Prodigy over, we're in between breaks where there isn't any Star Trek airing on Paramount+. And Heather had a great idea for old business. She, she really is lifting this podcast up this episode. So, Heather, I'm going to give you the con, and I'd like you to run this one down for old business. All right. So, uh, I'm going to have to explain myself a little bit when I explain this idea. So, my idea for old business is that there are some things that people classify in the same vein as Star Trek, even though they're not really Star Trek. And the biggest example I can give for that is people who call Galaxy Quest a Star Trek movie. It is not technically a Star Trek movie. It is not made by the people who made Star Trek. It is a love letter to what Star Trek has built, but by no means is it actually star trek so what do you consider star trek that isn't really star trek okay i thought about this one and i wanted to go a little bit off the beaten path and when i was looking around for things that were maybe not necessarily star trek but clearly very star trek influenced uh, i did want to talk about the orville just because i don't watch the orville and something came to mind. Heather, are you familiar with the show Black Mirror? Yes, and I know exactly where you're going with that. Okay. Keep going. All right. So Black Mirror is a sci-fi series that was on Netflix for a while that paints the idea of technology and innovation, and it puts it in a strange light where it puts 
uh, a twisted mirror on humanity to where technology and innovation and all of the things that we're innovating in the world may not necessarily be for the best. The first episode of season four of Black Mirror revolved around a ship. And the name of the ship was the USS Callister, which was the name of the episode. And this episode was very much in vain of the original Star Trek series. At least that's how it appears on top. But in reality, the episode, I, I, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but it starts turning into what is essentially a total white male power fantasy. Because the protagonist of the episode really starts, he, he has created this virtual world that looks like Star Trek, sounds like Star Trek, feels like Star Trek, but it's really not Star Trek at all. He's kind of a head case, and he's created this virtual world from people in his life at his job that he cloned by stealing their DNA, and he's created this world, and he's really kind of holding him hostage inside of this world. And the protagonist becomes the antagonist when one other person named Nanette gets sucked into this virtual world and wants to work her her way out of it. Heather, this starts off looking like Star Trek before it gets weird. But this was this was the thing that really came to mind for me from Black Mirror. Well, you know, I, I, I would still, even though it got weird, I mean, it's still Star Trek. I, I would say it took a turn into the mirror universe by the end of it. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's definitely along the lines of something that is very Star Trek. And it, it's meant to look like Star Trek and be like Star Trek, just like Galaxy Quest is. Um, so I took a little bit of a different turn with this question and like i said even though i uh, i'm gonna have to explain myself a little bit here even though i came up with this topic there's not really anything i consider star trek outside of star trek okay <laughs> not even the orville no and and you know what it, it took me a few years i have actually watched the orville um i don't like seth MacFarlane. But I have a certain appreciation for the Orville and some of the stories that they've told. But yeah, no, I, I, I don't. The Orville is not Star Trek, okay. But uh, I, I, I wanted to talk about what, uh, like, there's a lot of science fiction shows that you can compare to Star Trek, and so I wanted to talk about the one that I personally cl most closely compared to it and it is something very unique and different in its own right but it's something that's really the same format as star trek even though they're not on a ship most of the time uh but but it is not just it, it's about exploration as well as military stuff mm -hmm. um and that is stargate I think Stargate ah. is probably the most comparable to Star Trek in the 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 way the shows are written. Um, they they very much do a planet of the week, just like Star Trek uh, in its heyday did the planet or alien of the week. Um, they have a big science and techno babble aspect to it. 
Um, it, even though it is the U.S. Air Force, uh, there are scientists, uh, there's exploration going on, uh, there's studies of history. And so, yeah, and, and I know a lot of Star Trek fans who also love Stargate. And I think that's because you can very easily see a lot of the same things in both those universes. I definitely agree with you on that one. Uh, I grew an att attachment to Stargate very, very young, uh, kind of the same way with Star Trek. It was through my mother. My mother was a big, big sci-fi fan, and that was one of the shows that she got me into. Uh, later on, uh, it also helped that it was in relation to my alma mater, the United States Air Force. I always thought that was kind of a cool motif that it had. So, yeah, I definitely see where it comes from. Uh, the planet of the week, for sure. Uh, traveling through the universe. Uh, kind of a military motif that it has. Uh, absolutely. You can definitely include Stargate. It has the word star in it. <laughs> so that, that's at least one checkbox right there. So, yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one for sure. Do we have any others? Nope. You know, it's, it's funny. I mentioned the Orville because I'll admit it. I'm a dude and I appreciated Seth MacFarlane when I was younger, when, when I was younger. And, and stupider. I appreciated his, his style and his comedy. But now, I have zero interest in anything he does. And that includes the Orville. So, Heather, you've watched the Orville. Would you g explain to me the appeal of this show? Um, it, it's... It's very lighthearted. Um... And it doesn't take itself too seriously. And I think that's the, the appeal of it to most people. Um, like I said, I don't like Seth MacFarlane. I don't like Seth MacFarlane's character on the show. Um, he's the one character I probably hate. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of other really interesting and unique characters um, that that really shine throughout some of the episodes. And so it's like, once I got over my initial new of it, um, I, I started to appreciate it a lot more. Um, there's a lot of very unique alien characters on the show. Um, those are probably my, the, the most com complex and uh, genuinely good characters out of all, all the main characters in the cast are, are the ones that are the most alien. And I, I think that's just because the, the human characters kind of have like a... They have that kind of disgusting humanness to them, which is something Seth MacFarlane brings in his writing. Mm. But when it comes to the alien characters on the show, they are they are really deep. They are really complex. They have a lot of um, major issues and things that they struggle with. And I, I, I think that was something that was really relatable to me to watch. So... Like I said, I, I, I don't blame anyone for not watching it. 
Um, I didn't watch it for a long, long time. <laughs> it took me a while till I got into it. So I can't fault anyone for any issues they have with the show. But it, it has some good parts that I really do appreciate. Okay. I guess for me, I, I really appreciate that episode of Black Mirror because I'm always hesitant about the idea of what fandom can do to a person, you know, because this idea of fandom and escapism and how it can really get out of control. And I think that if you haven't seen this episode of Black Mirror and, a Star and you're a Star Trek fan, I highly recommend you seek it out. It's season four, episode one of Black Mirror called the USS Callister. And, you know, it makes you think about fandom a little bit. And that's why that's why I connected to it. So don't be toxic, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, Black Mirror does that a lot with a lot of their episodes. They, they really make you think about uh, different aspects of society. And um, it, it, it to the point that it's almost kind of hard to watch, but it's hard to watch in a way that you need to watch it and process it. I, I think that every Trekkie should watch that episode. Let's move into the new business where, uh, uh, Heather, I'm going to let you take this one again. <laughs> All right. So uh, for the second year in a row, we get to participate in uh, Strange New Pods podcast festival uh, called Captain Picard, Picard Week. Uh, I it, it was so much fun being a part of it last year and we had a wonderful discussion with Giraffe from State Strange New Pod about Guinan and her friendship with Picard and so I was really excited about this year and I have a wonderful topic that we're going to talk about and that is uh, Picard and the women <laughs> <laughs> the women <laughs> yes so basically, we are going to do a deep dive discussion about Picard and his working relationship with these strong women in his life, uh, primarily focusing on Crusher and Troy from The Next Generation, and then Seven and Rafi from the first two seasons of Picard. But there might be some other people who come up. If you bring up Pulaski during the discussion, I will not shut you down. I just put that <laughs> out there. Uh, so yeah, I, I I wanted to have a really good discussion, like that doesn't focus on the romantic aspects of women, and really focuses on these awesome women women characters and their strengths and what Picard recognizes in them, because ultimately it is called Captain Picard Week. The subject of the discussion has to be Picard in some way, but we're going to talk about these strong... But not really. Yeah. But we're going to talk about these strong women characters, and I'm excited to announce that uh, the Duras sisters will be joining us for this discussion. Rihanna and Ashlyn... Uh, they are a wonderful independent podcast, just like us. And I'm excited to have both of them come and join us. And we might have a third guest. 
as well. So this is going to be a huge episode and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, We are unfortunately not streaming live like we did last year, but that is because I am going to be in New York that weekend uh, seeing Anthony Rapp's one man show. Oh, so that's, that's uh, I, I'm still doing something kind of Star Trek related. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, that's totally related. Yeah. I, I'm interested in this. What's this about? Uh, his one man musical is called Without You. Um, he uses songs to tell stories of uh, his life around the time he was in rent and uh the loss of his mother and Jonathan Larson close together. Okay. That, that sounds really, really good. That sounds really good. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to talk about that when you get back. We'll, we'll talk about it either on the podcast or off. Cause now I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah. So I was really excited when he announced it and uh, my older sister wanted to go to New York city for a weekend. And so I was like, yeah, I'll go with you if we do this. <laughs> And she said yes. So I'm going to New York that weekend. All right. Yeah. Let us know and uh, we'll we'll get your take on it when you come back for sure. Definitely. All right. And, and I'm looking forward to Captain Picard week as well because we'll have a lot of great guests. It'll be a really good conversation. And I, I'm really looking forward to hearing Heather and the Dura sisters and our possible third guest uh, really break down these characters and their relation to Jean-Luc Picard. I'm, I'm really interested in how that's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I mean, any, any time I have the opportunity to talk about a bunch of women, I am all on board <laughs> with that, but I, I just, I love each and every one of those characters so much. I mean, Anyone who listens to the podcast knows how much I love TNG, how much I grew up with the show, and then how much watching Seven and Rafi evolve uh, throughout the first two seasons of Picard has meant to me. So I I really wanted to take this opportunity to explore them deeper, and and they, they all have significant relationships with Picard, and he's, he's helped them to become the women that they are. So, Okay, so look forward to that for Captain Picard Week. Shout out to Strange New Pod, and we really appreciate them inviting us and having us along once again. Uh, okay, let's, let's go into upcoming business and, and wrap this up. We've got a, a mini episode since we're in the expanse right now, so let's, let's wrap this up. Uh, what we've got upcoming, Heather, is a lot of Star Trek. There will still be plenty of Star Trek to talk about in 2023, even though we don't have a lot right now. So I'll ask you, Heather, what do you think is going to be the next Star Trek series that we see? I think that after season three of Picard is over, we will be getting season two of Strange New Worlds. Mm. I think that that that's what's going to come immediately following Picard. Um, it, it just kind of makes sense because they did this last year. Like they Picard was in around or started around February and then strange new worlds started immediately after that. So um, 
yeah, I I, I think they're going to do the same thing this year. It, it, it fits the time frame. You know, you mentioned that now and you mentioned the time frame and I, I think you're on to something. And I just kind of went with my gut and I said it'll be season five of Star Trek Discovery. And I don't know, maybe it's just because I really miss Discovery and I'm ready to go back to that part of the franchise. But you might be on to something with season two of Strange New Worlds. It still feels like to me that Strange New Worlds just came out. I don't know, maybe it's just me. It feels, it still feels very, very new. And Discovery still feels from season four very, very far away. And I just feel like we're due for Discovery before another installment of Strange New Worlds. Not that I'll be upset with either one of them. I just feel like we're about due for Discovery to come back. Just my opinion. Well, like, you got to look at how they film things, too. Like, I, I, I want Discovery to come back, too. But Discovery has a tendency to premiere in the fall. Discovery is always premiered in the fall at some point. Um, Lower Decks Was season always... four in the fall? Yes. Yes. Season four premiered in the fall. Okay. T- time is weird. Yeah. Um, Lower Decks has always premiered in August. Every single season of Lower Decks has premiered in August. So I feel like they're slowly setting up a schedule for when they want each of their shows to be on the air. It, it, it kind of seems like that, which is why I, I think Strange New Worlds is going to premiere in the spring. And I, I also think, like, we got, like, a extra time between season four and season five of Discovery because a lot of the cast was doing other things. Mm, that's it right there. I mean, That's why I feel like... It's been so long since we've seen Discovery. Yeah, like like um, Sinequa was pregnant, <laughs> raising her kids, and she did Space Jam too. Yeah, um, uh, Mary Wiseman did a Broadway play. Um, like I said, Anthony is working on his his other things. So I, I feel like you know especially with all that going on. Plus, I'm not quite sure how the stage scheduling works because I think Strange New Worlds and Discovery use like a lot of the same sets and areas. So they probably don't film at the same time. Because mm. I feel like they were filming season two of Strange New World before they even started filming season five of Discovery. That makes were, sense. They were filming season two of Strange New Worlds as the first season was airing. So that, that does make sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they they film season two of Strange New World first, so that's going to come before season five of Discovery. But yeah, there, there's a lot of little tiny clues and bits that go into that. But they they haven't announced anything yet, so it could be absolutely anything. But Unfortunately, I'd be willing to bet we don't get season five of Discovery until fall of this year. (sighs) Deep sigh. Deep sigh. 
but we'll be getting strange new worlds which is not near which is just fine which is perfectly okay in my book so no hammer yeah you're right there's no hammer <laughs> there is no hammer there's the the new engineer whose name escapes me at the moment but she's played by carol kane so carol kane yes <laughs> so something else to look forward to yeah it'll be interesting all right all right well heather i think we've covered everything we need to cover for this episode i think so too all right well thank you again for doing this with us thank you all for listening to this bite-sized episode of the promenade merchants podcast you can find it wherever you get your podcast from you can follow us on twitter at prom trek pod i'm not suspended anymore so you can follow me at call me djm i'm not suspended i got into a fight with a bunch of right wingers it happens you can follow heather at nerdy gal 33 never apologize for being nerdy I'm not suspended either, but if I keep saying fuck Dick Wolf on Twitter, I might get suspended at some point. So I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, she she will always be up to talk about how Dick Wolf is an idiot and how SVU is going off the rails. Yeah. And before we go offline, Heather, speaking of Dick Wolf, have you watched any of the FBI shows? I've not, actually. I've okay. watched some right. of the Chicago shows, but I haven't watched any of the FBI shows. Okay, I do enjoy the FBI shows, so we'll, we can talk about that maybe if we still have some other things to talk about before Star Trek comes back. Okay. But until then, everybody, thank you again for listening. We are the Promenade Merchants, and until next time, I'm going to eat your from the small village. Say it.